0: Happy Mother's Day, so I'm going to use my phone. I can read my phone a lot a lot better. I'm going to go through this. I'm going to be in I have three points. I'm going to share one point, maybe 1.5 points. Don't worry, if it goes long, we have food to sustain us through 11:40 instead of 11:30. okay And there's a gift for you. You will notice. Uh, that These are powerless right now because Krisha's is going to have to give you the batteries to go with these because we're talking about the power of a woman today. And I, I, do, wanna, I do want to uh, uh, focus on women in a way for women to really receive this, especially when I pray at the end. But I don't want you to think that only women are powerful or that this is only talking about women when we read Deborah, okay? So Judges chapter 4 you know you know the funny story about men who can't find anything? They have some stuff posted on TV, uh, on YouTube. The guy goes to the cabinet. The wife films him, videotapes him, says, go and get peanut butter. And he looks and he can't find peanut butter. And she walks up with the video camera and there's peanut butter in front of him. Happens all the time. It actually, it's called, it's called Mel patterned blindness, okay? And um, how many of you knew that? So you guys got to get into the scientific studies about men. Mel patterned blindness. It happened yesterday. We had cooked. I had, I had cooked some... Uh, we, we, she was cooking breakfast for her mom. I was doing the bacon, and, and I have a plate here with some eggs on it. She's already gone to the table with her mother. I'm like, where's the butter? I'm like, I look all around here. Butter. She walks up. I kid you not. There's my yellow eggs, and there's the plate of butter right there. It's only like half the size of that. And I, I was like, I was shocked that I couldn't see it. And, um, you know, we can laugh about that, but we do have something that's less funny in women. Did you know that? Oh, whoops. Well, we're not supposed to talk about that. Uh, sometimes we don't talk about very often is how blind women are, especially moms are, to how powerful and awesome they are. So when a woman looks at her kids, she can often only see what she hasn't done. When a woman looks in a mirror, she can only look and see how she's aging on the outside, not in what God's doing on the inside. And I, didn't, I can't come up with a clever name for it, so maybe some might, some, somebody might write down a c- clever name for that, but uh, that, is, that is a constant that happens with women in counseling, women that are depressed, women who don't age well, women who kick themselves out of ministry at a certain time because of something that happens in their life or with their kids. But um, I want to talk about that this morning with, the, with Deborah and how powerful we are, and um, that women are created to be powerful. As powerful as a man is, now we know there's some masculine, feminine traits, but but those aren't necessarily male or female traits. We won't get into that. Um, But the power of a woman never has to take power away from a man. And in, in order to get more powerful, they're having to take power away from somebody. And that's how we see church culture is in order for you to become the most powerful person at the journey, you would have to take my job away from me, sort of. You, ha- you have to kick somebody off. You have to climb a ladder. In the kingdom, it's not that way. In the kingdom, there's like plenty. There's unlimited pie for everybody. So if I want to rise up in my anointing as high as I can, er- no, ev- there, this isn't anybody's cap. Everybody gets to rise up and surpass if they desire and if God abides in that area. So you can keep going and going. So if I want to be prosperous in my ministry, everybody around me gets to be prosperous. I get to help out everybody. I don't even have to agree with everything they agree with. There's no, I'm, I, I'm not the cap on anybody. And if I am the cap on anybody, and if your parents are the cap on you, and if another ministry leader or pastor is the cap on you because of what they said, then you are actually worshiping what that person said instead of worshiping God. So in this kingdom thing, we all, we all rise up together. And um, men are powerful. Yes, women are meant to be powerful also. Uh, and so my first point is women are powerful leaders, period. No ands, ifs, or buts. There's not a position of ministry that a woman can't hold. So we're going to get that, that right out of the, the way. And so when we look at Deborah here, we're going to go to De- uh, Judges. The other day I said the book of Deborah. That book. But the book of Deborah, I mean the book of Judges. The book of Judges 4. Now Deborah, a prophet, the wife of Labadoth was leading Israel at the time. I'm going to read quite a bit of scripture because some of you won't be familiar with the story. She held court under the palm of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel and the hill country of Ephraim. And the Israelites went up to her to have their disputes decided. She sent for Barak, son of Abinom, from Kadesh and Naphtali, and said to him, "'The Lord, the God of Israel, commands you, "'Go take, you, go take with you 10,000 men of Naphtali and Zebulun "'and lead them up to Mount Tabor.'" I will lead Sisera, the commander of Jabin's army, with his chariots and his troops to the Kishon River and give him into your hands. So she's going she's to take an enemy. They've been occupied for over 20 years. They've been defeated for over 20 years. They've been submitted to uh, foreign authority for over 20 years. She's saying, I'm going to go up here with some people, and I'm going to rush down here, and they're going to follow me, and we're going to entrap them in, in this way, okay? And then Barak says to her, if you go with me, I will go, but if you don't go with me, I won't go. So this is kind of a side point. Don't ever say, I won't do ministry unless somebody else does it with me. Don't ever say that. Because if God has told you, go do this, and you say, I'm only going to do it if they do it, then you might be bringing along dead weight. You're going to do it regardless of what anybody else decides. Go with people. I don't commit to anything without asking at least one person. Should I be doing this? Should I have this meeting? Should I meet with this? Not should I meet with this person, but long-term, should I coach or should I be with this person long-term helping them? So verse 9, certainly I will go with you, said Deborah, but because of the course you are taking, the honor will not be yours, for the Lord will deliver Sisera into the hands of a woman. So Deborah went with Barak to Kadesh, then there Barak summoned Zebulun and Naphtali, and 10,000 men went up under his command. Deborah also went with them. Now, Heber the Kenite had left the other Kenites, the descendants of Hobab, Hobab Moses' brother-in-law, and pitched his tent by the great tree, Zaninim, near Kadesh. Now, this, this is an important verse because what they're saying, you have two armies, they're going to fight. This guy right here, Heber the Kenite, he's not in the fight, he's pitching his tent somewhere else, probably out to pasture, even though there's a fight going on in the valley, okay? This is going to come important later on in just a few verses, When they told Sisera that Barak, son of Abinom, had gone up to Mount Tabor, Sisera summoned Herosheth, Hegoim, to the Kishon River. All of his men and his 900 chariots fitted with iron. And these 900 chariots are what they were afraid of beginning on in this chapter, verses 1 through 4. Then Deborah said to Barak, Go, this is the day the Lord has given Sisera into your hands. Has not the Lord gone ahead of you? So Barak went down Mount Tabor, with 10,000 men following him, down from the chariot and fled on foot. Now basically... Everybody's wiped out, and chariots were worth a hundred or more men. So there's something happened in that valley uh, that was miraculous, or uh, at least turned out to be miraculous for them to defeat their enemy. All right. Barak pursued the chariots and army. Let's see verse 17. Caesera meanwhile fled on foot to the tent of Jael, the wife of Heber the Kenite, because there was an alliance between Jabin, king of Hazar, and the family of Heber the Kenite. Jael went out to meet Sisera and said to him, Come, my lord, come right in. Don't be afraid. So he entered her tent and she covered him with a blanket. I'm thirsty, he said. Please give me some milk. She opened a skin of milk, gave him a drink, and covered him up. Stand in the doorway of the tent, he told her. If someone comes by and asks you, Is anyone in there? Say no. But Jael, Heber's wife, picked up a tent peg and hammer, and went quietly to him while he lay fast asleep, exhausted. She drove the peg through his temple into the ground, and he died. Wow, happy Mother's Day. <laughs> you, do you ever watch something on TV, then you read like the Book of Kings or Judges or Chronicles, you're like, man, this is way worse than any, any show you're watching on TV. And uh, so this idea that women are powerful now, now Deborah's an exception not as a woman in the scripture, but she's one of the very few. I think there's only one other who's, who's a judge, spiritual authority at the top of the land. She, dissol- she resolves cases sitting under the tree of Deborah, and she also gives out prophetic words. She, doesn't, she, she actually led people into battle, but she's not the military commander. So she's kind of like a Trump slash Billy Graham. She, get it? Spiritual and, oh, if you don't like Trump, that's not a good. So she's like Barack Obama and Billy Graham. So so she's got a lot of authority. She's got a lot of authority, and God uses her in a powerful way. So there's a heavy anointing on her to direct God's people. And a lot of times as, as women and as moms, we diminish our authority down, 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 down. And we diminish it because of things that happen in our life, because... Because of something in our marriage, because of something with our children, because something with our jobs, because something with our finances, because something a leader told us, because something somebody did to us, and we diminish it down. And what we're learning is we don't declare our experiences to be our truth. We declare God's word and God's heart towards us to be our truth. So that's, that helps us live at a higher level than what we actually have experienced yet, because we're hoping for something more and something greater. And so if you've ever been told, that you're anything other than a leader, as a man or a woman, it's simply not true. How many people do you need to follow you to be a leader? Just one. That's a friend. If you have a neighbor, you're a leader. People are watching you. You're leading people on Facebook. Did you know that? You're leading people on facebook you're, you're 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 helping them find a way to see something you're at least opening up to lead them to have a conversation with you that they normally wouldn't have. I was in California last last summer at a funeral, and somebody that I'd never met came up that was from here that was there. They weren't related to me. they came up to me and they the moment they got me by themselves, they were like. I see you on Facebook. I'm not their Facebook friend, but they're through a relative. And, this, and they started telling me that they had an uncle who was a minister who believed in the same way I did. Even though they weren't living anything like that out, they didn't believe the same way, there was a connection there. So there's a moment, some God moments I had with them over there in California. So if you feel powerless, what do you do about that? First, you've got to confess it as a lie powerlessness is a lie. We're not powerless. We're not powerless. I'm going to get to what a little bit of that means, but we're not powerless. We always have the ability to make right choices and to become God's best self that he created us to be. We always have those. It doesn't matter how many choices we've made. My future isn't determined on my present condition. My future's not right. We're all... If you're 50 50 or old, you might be reaping some financial things. You might be reaping some physical things. If if you were a really horrible parent, which some of us might have been, you're reaping some things in the past. But you know what? There's a higher law, higher than the law of sowing and reaping, and, and that's called the law of blessing. There's a law of blessing that we can walk under. So if you ever feel powerless, you first have to open up to the possibility that it's a lie, that it's a lie, that you have power, you might be constantly saying things that are, are against yourself, that are calling yourself weak. And remember the negativity fast? We had a negativity fast, a positivity feast where we made powerful declarations and a decision to believe what God is saying about us. Well, I'm going I'm to give you four little phrases that kind of go along with that, and, um, but they're, they're weak phrases. They're, they, they are phrases that say, I am powerless. Here's one. And they're going to seem like kind of like uh, mundane or oh, that doesn't matter. Some of you are going to go, that doesn't matter. I say that all the time. But if you say it all the time, you just ask God, is this, is, this, is this me being weak? Is this me accepting powerlessness? The first one is I will do my best. I will do my best as a signal to the person that you're telling that to as you probably won't do a good job and you probably won't complete that job. I'll do my best. That's open. It, it gives you in advance a permission to say, Oh, well, I told you I would do my best, and I couldn't do it. All right? The second one is similar to that, and it's I will try. I will try to be on time. Do your kids ever tell you I will try? Do employees ever tell you I will try? Do your spouse ever tell you I will try? Do you ever say, I will try? I will try to be on time. I'll try to complete a task. I'll try to keep my word. I will try to keep my word. I will try is a signal that shouts, I probably won't do it. There's other things that might, might break my commitment to you. We're, complete, we're, we're actually preparing to not complete the task when you, we say, I will try. Here's, here's another one. These, these two are the harder to recognize one is the I don't know. Now, I don't know is powerful if, if somebody says, do you know the physics of dynamics for United 427 airplane? You're like, I don't know. But if somebody says, how do you feel? And you say, I don't know. You're saying, I am powerless. I can't know myself. All right? When you say, what do you think about that? I don't know. Now, if they say, what do you think about in this convoluted, complex thing, then maybe you might not know. But when they say, what do you think about what happened to you? You say, I don't know. You're saying, I am powerless. I don't have any power to connect to myself. I don't have any ability to know myself. And it's only you know what you think. And when you receive everybody else's feelings onto you, you might feel powerless and say, I don't know why I feel that way. I don't know how I feel. I don't know how I think. But you might be just so worried and fearful that other people might think something that you need to think or you need to feel. So I don't know is a really powerless statement, okay? And it's something that we need to repent of and rethink about. And this is the big one for me. This is what I've been recognizing a lot, is they made me. They made me mad. They made me sad. They made me depressed. And we hear that a lot on the news now. The whole spirit of offense, the wrong offense that's going on, they made me feel blank. You can't make me feel any way. I can choose to feel when you do something. If somebody comes up and kicks me, I can, and I can go, I feel like you did it on purpose. Even though it was an act, I I don't get to decide all those things. So they made me gives other people your power. You're saying I am powerless to feel my own feelings and make my own choices about what I feel. Because if somebody can make you mad, then you either have to control them or stay away from them. And we're kind of in a world that's happening that a lot more, we're splitting more and more into tribal mentality things, into like, we're so against because you're making me feel that way, just by your belief, you're me with shame. I'm going to have to control what you say, so, so, so shut up and stay away from me because I'm so powerless that you hurt my feelings. I don't believe that's scriptural. I don't believe it's powerful. I don't believe that's what I was. I wasn't created to pick up on everybody's emotions and make everybody happy, all right? And I was created to own my own emotions. I was created to say, my feelings are hurt that you did that to me, but to be, to be mad, to, be, to choose to be depressed because somebody said something, because somebody did something. And then we're in a news cycle, and we've talked a little bit about this before. We're in a news cycle where it's 24-hour news, so we're afraid of everything. Everybody's offended. I mean, everybody's offended. You can't talk bad about a, a town, a people group. You can't talk about you can't talk about poor people, rich people. It, it, there, it, there's so much offense. There's so much. There's something, and I don't know, quite know where I'm going with this. But there's something there that that you know what? When you're watching TV, don't own all those emotions. We're not created to feel for, bad for everybody in the world. We're not. I'm created to fill for myself. And you think about that. You think about uh, Joseph. Uh, Joseph is a good example of a powerful person that never had a powerful position um, until he's always hated by them. He's actually, they're going to kill him, but somebody has a bright idea. You can sell him and at least make money. We won't kill him. His blood won't be on our hands. So legally, we'll be doing something good, legally, in a, in a weird way. And they sell him into slavery. And then he goes into Potiphar's house. He rises up to the top of Potiphar's house. He's still a slave in Potiphar's house. He's then falsely accused by Potiphar's wife. And then he goes into jail. And then he gets into the kingdom, and he's still a Jew. He's still a slave. He's never not. He's never in his hometown. He's never where he grew up. He's never around his native tongue. he's still successful. He He could have griped and complained the whole time. My brothers, my brothers, my brothers, my brothers. He could have named all of his brothers. That would have taken a long time. What bitterness could grow up with all those brothers that none of them protected you? Then your boss who loved you doesn't believe you. So we're powerful when we own our emotions. When we own our emotions. When we can look in the mirror... So here, here's an interesting thing. Did you know that actually you can only s- that you don't actually see what's in front of you. You actually see what you're looking for. So if I say how many, uh, I don't know how far you drove, but if you drove any distance, if I said how many um, uh, Nissan Rogues did you see on the way here, you'd be like, I have no idea, unless you drive a Nissan Rogue. But if I said, yes, this. M- we, see, we actually see very little that we're not looking for. So if you believe that everybody can make you mad, then you're looking for people to make you mad, and you're taking on that. But if you believe I can't be, that they can't make me mad. I mean, that doesn't mean that anger doesn't rise. I'm not saying don't get like, oh, I can't believe they did that. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying be such a good Christian that you control all that and get weird. I'm saying that don't let it, like, drag with you and carry with you. They don't make you. Our spouses aren't meant to make us mad. Our spouses aren't meant to make us worry. Our spouses aren't meant to make us uh, depressed. So when we say, they made me feel bad about myself, what we're saying is, I'm going to listen to their identification of me rather than his identification of me. So when we look in that mirror, we're we're, we're looking at them and saying, they think I'm ugly, I feel ugly, I feel bad, I gave them power, And now I have to fight them and control them and make them apologize, which we're seeing tons of apology. Everybody's apologizing for everything. I'll see like super sexist, you know, professor has, I don't, I can't, I don't read it much. Super sexist professor, super sexist, racist, whatever, professor apologizes for horrible thing he taught in class. You're like, wait, what? Is that just me? It's just me, huh? It just seems like something foolish he might have said. It just seems like something might have been taken out of context. But I give them power. But as Christians, we look up and say, do you like me? Oh, yeah, he likes me. I'm good. And that doesn't mean I go and like, oh, yeah, God likes me. I'm better than everybody. It's, there's something there that he loves me. He's affectionate towards me. He's giving to me. He's receiving of me. And he's giving me. And so, therefore, I change How I walk amongst people. I don't change how I walk amongst people because I'm popular, because I'm handsome. You guys are, by that time, you're supposed to say you are handsome. Thank thank you, Stevie. So, you know, I just got back with Jim. We went to Colorado, and I found myself in multiple situations I was the, definitely the oldest guy there. And Jim, being five or six years old, younger than me, was the second oldest guy there. That's why I came back and shaved off my gray beard, by the way. So it's, 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 a, it's an odd feeling, but it's, uh, uh, you know, if you're, if you're looking into the mirror, looking for a powerless person, that's what you'll find. If you're looking in the mirror and, and you're seeing God's reflection towards you, there's a scripture. It's a great scripture that as as the veil is removed from our face and we look towards him and we see him looking at us, then we're changed. We're changed when we see what he when we see how he's looking at us. You can see that with Barbara I Think I am awesome. I'm amazing. Everybody loves me. Everybody wants to talk to me. Everybody changes their language to talk. Oh, now she's like, I'm not happy with Barbara. What'd you do, Barbara? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. So when, but, but we, we know that we know that when we look at somebody we, we, we 're not meant to adapt to what people are calling us around us we 're meant to adapt to what he 's calling us we 're meant to conform to his love and his affection for us and man, we struggle a lot a lot with that. you know think of uh, I saw when I was at, uh, in washington d c and I recently read something about Rosa Parks. think about Rosa Parks was one of the weakest women, one of the most the powerless woman of her day, of her situation, is she sparked a movement. There were other women that had there's three other women that had refused to give up their seat and they they cussed and swore and got all violent and mad and they were actually arrested. And the black community was like, we're not supporting them. They were supporting this Bible believing, godly church woman who with great dignity said, I am powerful. So we don't fight for our power between people right here. We see that a lot with masculinity. We fight for power. We see that a lot in, like, church culture. We fight for power. Who, who's the best teacher? Who's the best prophetic? Who's the best anointing? Who's We have all this fighting for power. And it's, 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 we, we go up there, we get our power, and we all know that it's power to get you out of every situation because Joseph never got out of a situation. He got out of the pit in order to put a slave in a home, At first in a caravan, then he got out of the caravan to be put in a home, they got to have a home to be put in a dungeon. They got to have a dungeon to still be in captivity in Pharaoh's household, even though he was a second in command. And there, but God, God uses all of our stories, all of our pain, all of our stuff to progress us. There's nothing wasted unless we look back and we judge it, unless we look back and are afraid of it. We've got, each part of our story is to be, to be redeemed. It means we're looking forward, and how is God going to use this bad part of my life? And so when we're, when we're powerful, it doesn't mean we stay out of the dungeon. It doesn't mean we, don't, we stay out of prison. It doesn't mean we stay out of the, the fiery pit. It doesn't mean we stay out of the, the, lions, the lion's den. What it means is that I'm so powerful that even though the king and all, all society is telling me to bow at this point, I'm going to go, these guys were like, we're not going to do it. They're like, well, if you don't, we're going to do this. And the king didn't want to put Daniel in the lion's den. He liked Daniel. It gives us the power to go, no, my values are my values. I'm gonna stay here. It's not it's not a power to fight anybody. It's not a power to control or manipulate, it's a power for us to be who we were created to be. And if we look at if we look at uh Judge No, it's not the last verse. It is there we go. It is the last verse. Now now all of the story of Deborah is in Judges four and five. Four is her story. Five is a poem they wrote about her story. It was such a monumental time. In verse thirty-one in Judges five, it says, "So may all your enemies perish, Lord, but may all who love you be like the sun when it rises in its strength." Then the land had peace for forty years. So women of power have bring peace to what they're doing, but women of power have to engage in warfare. There has to be a fight, and the fight begins with your own soul, with your own self, with your own mind, with your own emotions. It really does. It, do, it, doesn't, it doesn't come with your husband changing. It doesn't come with your kids being happy. It doesn't come with a nicer home. It doesn't come with a better car. It comes within your very soul. So our power comes, that peace comes when we're willing to fight. And we gave out these little, uh, Cretion Victoria did, did these for Mother's Day. There's enough for every mom and non-mom here. Let the Lord make you strong. Depend on his mighty power out of Ephesians. And... um. You'll, you'll notice they're kind of light if you pick it up because there's no, there's no power. So how are you going to get your power? <laughs> Did you say go to Walgreens and buy batteries? <laughs> make me powerful? Will you give me position? Will you give me hope? Will you give me kindness? And we are to give all of those things, but we give in Jesus' name. But really we go to him and we ask him to make us powerful. And he will. And it, start, it always starts within the, our very soul. Christianity is always about us first and overflowing into everybody else. So why don't you stand up? Christ is going to come by and give you a bit of power. If Victoria doesn't knock over the table, Christ is going to come by and give you some, some battery power. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close in prayer on that. So don't leave. You haven't got a minute or two left. Victoria, you can you can go by and help people, give to people. You can you can pick your flashlight uh, color that you want. Chris, you want to, and if you can take all the flashlights, you guys can have flashlights. <laughs> Nate, you look almost as old as your dad. Your dad's got that baby face, doesn't he? <laughs> Lucky him. Yeah, you do. (laughs) You do. All right. You know what we, me and you, he's calling us powerful. I'll let you do that. Now, don't get your power from your husband, ladies. I'm kidding. All right, put your hand on somebody next to you. So, Father, we thank you for your power that is always available. There's, al- there's always a resource of your power. It's a wireless power, Father God, that we, that we are connected to you. And, and we sang it this morning. It comes, it comes by faith. By faith, Father God, that as the, that as we believe, and and it's actually different than than power here on earth. Is that the more we utilize our power, the more we utilize your power, your energy source in and through us, Father God. The, the brighter it shines, and the more energy that's created. So God, we just we just commit as as moms and as dads, as sons and as daughters, as grandpas and grandmas today to to just uh, engage in your power, that we would choose to be powerful in Jesus' name, that we would choose the right power, Father God, not a, not a, not a predominantly uh, masculine or feminine um, mothering or in our fathering and in our parenting, Father God. So we just ask for an increased level of power in our own lives, an increased level of power of your Holy Spirit in our own homes, an increased sight and brightness and power in our schools, in our churches, and in this community, in this Four Corners area. We ask for it to be a, a shining light to the rest of this region, Father God. We thank you for that in your son's name. Amen. God bless you. Happy Mother's Day.